Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Now on Drama on One, Marconi and Me by Zoe Cummins. A podcast producer finds a set of code books. They're the Marconi International code books usually used for Morse code. But the podcaster twists these codes into her own life story. The drama follows a relationship through a history of sound and a flight into family madness. Performed by Zoe Cummins and Jose Miguel Jimenez, this is Marconi and Me. Hi, I'm doing this podcast about sound and Marconi. Could you give me a call back Hi, so to have a chat I with you about these books that I found? Uh, I'd love to know more about them. They're called the Marconi International Code books. and I'm doing some research. The project's about communication. Yeah, my and I just found these code books in a shop. They're all kind of um, find out about Morse code phrases. I'm just getting a little bit uh, intrigued by them because they're they're quite poetic. So if you could give me a shout back, I'd appreciate it. Thanks, Millen. Kind of like a conversation between two people. So I'd just love to know. I'm just wondering about hearing sounds and in the ether. Um, it's just a, it's a funny story. Um, Marconi's belief that sound never dies, that the sounds are all out there still. No, it's a slightly decaying. mad idea, but could I'd love it if you could just give me a call back. Imagine silence. Because that's all you can do. It doesn't exist. There's always sound. Energy making tiny journeys from a maker to a mind. wave. It needs something to move through, a physical thing. Sound displaces the air. It cannot be the space itself. When I told you that, I could see you thought me suitably scientific, and I thought you the finely shaped form of a new beginning. 06543EZAKO Frequency Frequence Frequencia 06547EZACU Frequently Frequemente Souvent Frequentemente A menudo Even when Just after we met, I was down with a cold, and you came often with soup and paracetamol, and then with plans. You stayed for reasons, and none of them sound. Episode idea. 
podcast series of personal stories told through anecdotes and reflections. Anecdote. My sister killed my mother because her teeth were playing green sleeves. It was probably to be expected, as she hates that song. But even when she was lying there dead on the bed, my sister said that the music kept playing until my mother's mouth ran dry. Moment of reflection. They say madness runs in a family. So, I act as normal as possible and probably come across a little dull in company. I don't want to be considered out there. Just steady, controlled to stay in here. I keep the messages to a minimum. Or at least I should have. In fact, there's no word in my book for mad, lunatic, strange or crazy. Just plain, straight-thinking words. Note for episode one of Communication, I've just opened the Marconi books and this is on the first page. In the event of your receiving a message containing a mutilated code word taken from the supplement, then a reference to this index will assist you to rectify and decode the mutilated word. All truth needs a code to unravel it. Our own code starts without verbal communication. No mutilated words. No real words at all. You're Spanish and I'm Irish. You don't know my backstory. I keep that coded for a long time. Unpicking the obvious, I can reach as far back as the walks we took together just after we met, when we bought the words that would deliver us to the end. We walked right across town. One of the many trips to explore the city's limits. The apartment complexes, stoplights, churches, crossings, traffic lurching its way across town. We passed thousands of people those days. But what any of them looked like, any single one, I forget. We find the books browsing in Rugs to Rhinos on the Harold's Cross Road. We pay 60 euros for each copy and we're delighted with each other. They span both our worlds of data and audio and connect us. You a computer programmer, me a radio producer. Marconi, International Code, Volumes 1 and 2. They, they could be our own codes. We don't need words. Just looks, gestures. That's powerful enough. We agree, but buy the books anyway. And then, of course, later words are needed. Eventually they come in wicked torrents. You have a misty quality to you that seems to resist language and talking. It took you many years to learn English properly. Programming languages are far more complex than English, and you learn those quickly. Eventually you find your voice and it is fluent and argumentative. There is no ambiguity in computer languages, but our conversation is open to interpretation, and all humans are more complex than machines. Are you coming to bed? I just have one more recording to edit. And besides, you say that if you'd learned quicker, our arguments would also have come quickly and with too much candour. Could it be that simple, that what we don't know doesn't hurt us? We each had one book. There should have been loads of volumes, but only two were for sale. We found the codes a fun way to talk to each other. 
I'm just trying to find out about Marconi books from 1919. Could you give me a shout back? The Marconi code books contain over 500 pages of five-digit codes and their translations in nine languages. The books were used by operators all over the world to relay business deals, order supplies, to track ships and so on. They were written by James Crookshank Henderson Macbeth for the Marconi Company. The books use something called a checksum. You can send any two characters in the wrong order and a code word will still get there. You are excited to hear this and tell me all about these error detection messages. I'm unsure I get how they work, but put it down to my lack of technical ability and your poor language skills. In the instructions, they cite EHMIT as an example, with columns for its number, code letters, English, French and Spanish translations, each letter EHMIT to be sent by Morse code across the wires. 05126 EHMIT, owing to the failure of En raison de la faillite Debido de la quiebra de the first entry in the index is 00000ABABA, A or AN. The first proper word 00002ABALC, abandon or abandons. And it goes on to give variations on this 00003ABAND, abandon all claims. 00004-ABAPE, Abandon Negotiations. 00005-ABARF, Abandon Proceedings. 00006-ABASG, If They Abandon. 00007-ABATI, Abandoned. 00008-ABAWK, They Have Abandoned. 00009-ABAZL. They have abandoned all claims. 00010-ABBEA. They have abandoned the proceedings. 00011-ABBIB. Abandoning. 00012-ABBOC. Abandonment. And so it continues to the next word. 00013-ABBUD, abate, or abates. We both pretend to hate our smartphones even though we have them. We prize our own antiquated code that connects us as we transcribe or send photos of the pages, using it when we can to fit our moods. You know what I'm trying to do here, so... Could you give me some sort of philosophical observation on the dawn of telegraphy or codes? That'd be brilliant. Yeah, sure. In the early days, it felt like messages just pulsed out into the ether. They broke up or dematerialized and were transmitted over time and space. This seemed like proof that there were different planes of consciousness and international communication seemed like magic. In our first flush, we text each other the codes at night. G-I-R-A-C. In turn, we scroll the pages for the meaning. G-I-R-A-C. How are we two? 
We translate and read into each phrase our physical yearnings and so return a code for many from the lists. G-I-R-A-C How G-I-R-A-C How are we too? G-I-R-A-C How are you too? G-I-R-A-C How can they? G-I-R-A-C How can we? G-I-R-A-C How can you? How large? How long? How many? How much? How often? G-I-U-Y-K How shall we? The coy nature of these phrases give form to confession, contracted for trade. Shorthand snaps for more detailed expressions, elegantly made, than exchanged. We share walks and books and bed, and I withhold entire family histories. I think of my sister crouched under her blanket at the window in hospital, in crumpled silhouette. You work in logistics, Labelling and shipping masses of widgets across the world. You're in charge of systems designed to manage large volumes of critical data. High levels of transactions. Security complex systems. Big machines talk to big machines. 03305 CEXOT. Data. Le donne. Los datos. So this is just for the top of the programme. Would you mind, could you just introduce Marconi for me? No problem. Guglielmo Marconi was one of the great pioneers of long-distance radio transmission and the originator of the code books. He's considered the father of modern radio. When he started out, his business plan was to provide long-distance mobile communication on a global scale. But he also became a little obsessed with sound. With all genius, there's in it rooted a little madness, no? He became convinced that sound never dies. Sound, it was thought, just becomes too quiet for our human ears to detect. It decays. I remember an old Vedic mantra that a presenter whispered into my ear once. The world is sound. We were at a drinks night out and it almost worked until I remembered his wife and three children. His middle-aged breath decayed on my cheek and I found a new drinking buddy for the night. So in theory, if the myth holds, in Marconi's mind, if he could build the right listening device, then any sound could be recovered, any conversation or any concert. He wanted to know what music the orchestra was playing as the Titanic went down. In fact, he was supposed to be on it, but he changed his plans. Just as well, perhaps, as the Marconi telegraphers on board failed to relay a message about icebergs. And so he would have witnessed firsthand the consequences of failed communication. And on the other hand, irony. Perhaps he later thought if he could find the pocket of the world Where it was stored, he could listen as far back as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Who could take a census of the sounds that have sounded? Even a fixed mind would find too many footsteps marching, hands clapping, thighs slapping, knees knocking, P's and Q's dropping. Surely they cannot be found again and heard in resolution? My sister says they can be heard again, or still... The earth rotates like a record player, 
radio waves ricochet off satellites. Green sleeves on the radio, beamed out and back again, bouncing off the metal of my mother's mouth. Spirit voices or decaying sounds, who knows the truth? I'm in bed with my laptop on my knee. I read how telegraphers were required to hold silence for three minutes at 15 and 45 of the hour. The ships out at sea with the weakest signal were then able to cut through with a distress signal. I read about Anna Nevins in the Ward of Astoria telegraphic station in 1909, who used to send coded messages to her lover on the steamship Oceana, a thousand miles away. I think of you on a ship far away. It's far more romantic than the thought of you in your hotel, away on business again, eating room service again, tired from, tired from, tired. Most of my radio work these days is in podcasting. My latest series is a science one on microorganisms, mycology. It becomes pretty clear very quickly that I could become a fungi freak. Lesson one. Fungi are fungi and mushrooms are edible fungi. Back to codes. I'm pulled between these programs. It's known, I read, that women and men's codes are also distinguishable. Operators in the early 1900s could tell, long distance, the unnameable peculiarity of a woman's dots and dashes. Nearly all women, it says, have a habit of rattling off a lot of meaningless dots and dashes before they say anything. Can that really be true? I look back at the last code I sent you. 03658 C-U-N-E-K Desire Desires 03659-C-U-N-I-L Desired 03660- C-U-N-Y-M. Desirous. To the point, I think. Your reply? 04893. E-F-S-Y-P. Explicit. 04893. E-F-T-E-R. Please be more explicit. I smile and flick through the book to find a response. It's tricky, though, with 20th century commercial terms, not... 21st century sexting. Subtlety is the only option. When it's 631 UPFOB, when shall we? Tomorrow. We meet in town. There's not a lot of talking as your English is still poor. There are wild hand gestures, though and a lot of physical contact. Let's go home and undress. You grab me by the waist and lead me. On the bus, we can't keep our hands off each other. In bed, we grip each other's smooth shoulders, make obscene love and create a cave around us. Time is slow and everything seems significant. When we move in, we have a suitcase each. Our flat for the first few weeks contains nothing else of note but our code books. So you would find it difficult to pin down who might live here and who we as people are. We have nothing. We have enough. 
In the beginning, I can't see you objectively. You are foreign and therefore mysterious. You are strong and therefore desirable. Then, when we've been together for a long time, my life set on top of yours and yours set on mine, I'm even less objective. The first present you give me is a necklace with the letters YJYVS on it. I check the book. 22425 YJYVS. Us. I fiddle with it constantly. People ask me what it means, but I say they're just random letters. 02413 BEGYD. Private code. We enjoy the mystery. We read our own truth into the phrases. But then, the low voice of context is heard again. A radio friend asks me over for a listening session with a few others. It's like a book club, but we all suggest pieces to listen to together. We talk about interview techniques. We discuss the full Schwartz. In the radio community, we are all enthralled by the authenticity of this method. Stephen Schwartz was a radio producer who came up with this technique. You lie the interviewee down and ask them to close their eyes. You want them to talk in the present tense, so it sounds like it's all happening right now. It's a walkthrough that explores the territory between what is yours to tell and what is mine to request or want to know. The lacuna, the space, the past, the trace, what we allow to rest in our memory, the sounds, the smell, the pictures of that moment. Capture it. Be in it. My sister and I use walkthroughs of our family home. It calms her. We start when she's nine and I'm seven. If she was losing it a bit, even then I'd know. We'd sit on the floor, back against the front door as we mentally walk through the house, naming as many objects as possible in each room as we pass through. Later, when I visit her in hospital, she's convinced she remembers every detail of her life. She can walk through it from the age of four. To me, this seems like torture. She describes sounds she hears, music, conversation, whole lives appearing from a void to join her. She heard my mother's mouth making sounds where there should have been silence. My sister had only screamed at her, but it was enough to give mum such a fright her heart gave out. By the time my sister's scream reached me in the kitchen, mum was dead. Nobody asked how it happened just when it happened. We told them that, but never why. I delve deeper into madness and sound, peaceful minds tormented. I try to map my research onto what I know about my sister. When Shostakovich turned his head to its side, he was subject to a flow of melodies. Was this a piece of shrapnel in his head? The onslaught of 
sound like air raids hammering? The writer Virginia Woolf, walking the path to mental breakdown, heard sounds. The sparrows outside singing in Greek. And then I wonder, as I'm telling you many, many months in, if it all ever really happened at all, as I've aimed to forget. But you know that you never really can forget, because it never really can be forgotten, especially the tumbling scream of it all. I wonder if you'll think I'm crazy too, but you think I'm just self-destructive, which is a different thing entirely. By telling you, is the sound dispersed even further, or does it just have one more object to bounce off? I look up how sound reflects and start to love the terms parabola and ellipse. I think the way we talk is like an ellipse, a whispering gallery where you stand on one side and I on the other, and we can still hear each other clearly, even in a room full of people. Years in, I get frustrated with you for not speaking enough. Then you're speaking too softly in a crowd. No one can hear you. I say it kindly at first and then with increasing anger, Speak up! Speak up! You must speak up or people won't understand your accent. By the time we've come to the end, we're shouting across the distance and I can hear you fine. I know I'm easily 01642 ATASO bored. But don't you find fighting 016643 boring. I win an award for my Fungi podcast. I get wildly drunk on champagne at the ceremony and giddily dance all night. I meet the middle-aged but attractive presenter in a lift on the way to the rooms and inexplicably hold his hand and fall from grace as my body and lips answer his demands. 19038 UVAPY Silence we never say it out loud. 213315 time. Time is the essence of the contract. El tiempo es lo esencial del contrato. A year of time. And I am pregnant. And we are ecstatic. I start eating folic acid by the scoopful. I research all about babies. I'm asked can I do a podcast on the stages of pregnancy, from first scan to the first cry. I go through all the classic episodes of morning sickness, measuring the baby by comparison to foodstuffs, peanut, avocado, butternut squash, playing classical music to the bump. I get asked to do all sorts of yoga workshops as the podcast is becoming very popular. At 29 weeks, another scan. I'm recording at it. So now my audio edit allows me to hear back how I reacted to the news being sounded out. Possible culpacephaly. I edit out that bit and put in a voiceover instead to explain what happened. My editor doesn't want to put people off listening. My producer head wants to tell him that this is radio gold. 
The mother me wants to vomit up my heart and not feel a thing. We speak very little at home. I sit in bed for days charting my horror. E-L-W-A-Y. Feeling has not improved. E-M-F-A-O. What is the present feeling in regard to? E-J-Y-L-A. Fault. Fault. E-J-Y-R-C. Fault attached to. E-J-Y-Z-E. Fault has been remedied. Fault has developed in. K-A-L-G. Fault in. Fault is Fault is serious. Fault is not serious. Fault of. This is karma, and true to form, it's a bitch. I tried to stay perfectly still as to make the baby well again. I cast my mind back to my sister the first time I saw her in hospital. I wonder if my daughter is a sliver away from that. 01582 ASNOC. Blame. Pregnancy Season 1 is almost finished and I head into Season 2 of Fungi and a new show, Season 1 of Communication. I'm scouring the web for stories. I hear one science story about the worldwide wood and it blows my mind. Fungi rule the world and there's no mistake. Okay, if you can imagine... It's like a social network for trees. A mother tree can recognize its own child, or if it's a stranger. There are brain-like functions that occur with trees. Chemical and electrical signals carry messages like nerves through their roots. But these roots only stretch so far. So, if they need to get a message to the other side of the forest, they send a message through the fungal filament network underground. So trees care for each other because one tree is not a forest. And the more shocking element is, they also have characters. Can there be good trees and bad trees? If two trees fight in a forest? The tree gives the fungi sugars they require to survive, and the fungi carry messages across the forest. The shrooms are in cahoots, sis. The shrooms are in cahoots. Sitting in that room with my sister, her belief engines on overdrive, citing ominous patterns of people from the bus drivers to the beggars working together, chemical and electrical signals carrying messages to and from like nerves. The flush under her skin, the pulse, the journey from mind to muscle. Episode idea for communication and conspiracy the West Ford experiment of the 1950s, they flung all the copper wires into space or the ionosphere and the copper wires would orbit the Earth and bounce back sounds. Maybe find someone to tell me more about that. 
was a backup plan in case the Soviets sabotaged existing means of communication. Half a billion needles crowning the Earth. They're still there, an imperfect circle haloing the globe. Ready to send us back, the sounds cast out there. My boyfriend and I have the baby. We're upgraded to partners. The baby is mostly fine and will be fine. A misdiagnosis or a moment of given grace. We don't ask. We take what is given. My feelings on karma don't change, though, and I fear the future. Later, we have two babies. We are all the trees and the fungi. We are in a trading system with each other. We feed the babies who wriggle around the carpet. We feed them sugar, and they communicate for us to the rest of the world in howls and screams as to how we feel. In the king-size bed where we all sleep, entangled roots and threads of limbs, the tubular mouths in the dark grind sugar lumps. If a tree falls in the forest, will the fungus just crunch it up and give it to the new tree? If a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, is there just... 19038 UVAPY. Silence. Silencio. And when the thread unravels and the arguments escalate, we each have our suspicions. We parse back and forth for days. You. You. You You must... You must be. You must have. You must not. You must not be. You should. You should be. You should not. You should not be. You were. You were not. You will. You will not. You will not be. You would. You would be. You would not. You would not be. Can you? Can you not? Did you? Did you not? Have you not? Have you not been? If you have, have been. If you have not. If you will. If you will be. If you will not. If you will not be. If you would. If you would be. Unless you are. Unless you have. Will you not? Will you? Will you be? Will you have? Will you not be? Will you not have? Would you? Would you be? Would you not? Would you not be? You're away again. A flurry of texts between us about your tricky clients. Meetings to turn the project around. How the kids are doing. How I'm doing. Fine, I say. Babysitter booked. The ellipsis pulses on screen. I imagine your thumb hovering, tracing the letters on the phone, considering. Then the dots disappear. I text, it's just a listening session. Uno nueve cero tres ocho. V-A-P-Y. Silence. Silencio. I prize open the now torn pages of my volume. Our movements checked by each other. We bend and flex as our lines of communication waver. They hinge, then turn. Dos uno siete seis dos. Y-C-J-I-C. Turn. 
2176-YJUE. Turn for the better. 21766 Turn off the market. Turn off the market. Turn off. Turn on. If it turns. If it turns out that. 21771-YCLEC. If it turns out well. I send a photo of the list. Wishing you luck in the meeting. I don't carry it with me when I travel. Look, I have to focus on these now. Talk later. I switch off my phone and run my finger further down the page. 21796-YCPET. Turning point. I have another programme to make on Marconi's Irish Connection. It gives me licence to surf the web, do obscure research and sink into myself for a few weeks. Plus a chance to get out of town. Crookhavens, the most southerly point on the mainland in Ireland, and it's where Marconi set up his first telegraphic station. So that's the destination. We rally, and you decide to go on the trip to West Cork with me. The children are left with friends. I sleep through most of the drive. We arrive in the village and stop at Nottage's pub. It's closed. I'm disappointed as Daddy Nottage was a Marconi signaller. He came to work for Marconi and stayed on and opened a pub. Marconi's staff said that in Crookhaven, the end of everywhere had been reached. We head for the signal tower on Brow Head, two miles outside the village. We pass a field of sheep surrounded by an electric fence. I dare you to hold onto the wire, but you won't. Don't be chicken, I say, but you won't. I do, and the jump startles me, even though I expect it. The tower is pretty well preserved, but the ruins of the telegraphic station are strewn around the head, the base of the aerial just about visible. Nothing to suggest its crucial role in radio communication. I hold my microphone up to capture some atmosphere, but it's too windy for a good recording. I pull you in beside me, our backs to the wind to shield the microphone, our heads locked against each other's for warmth. You're patient for a few minutes, but then you speak into the mic so close your stubble rubs off the windshield. Are you done now? Back at the B&B, I want to look up Nottage and see what kept him here after the telegraph station closed. Also, I spotted a house for sale nearby. I ask you to imagine what it would be like if we just up sticks and moved here. What would we do? Just imagine a freer life. Free from what? I drop the subject. Notes for voiceover. Marconi went from Crookhaven when his work was done. He was not a man for sticking around the place. The station itself closed during the Civil War. Communication definitely in the condition of being terminated. You head for the kids, and I'll follow in a couple of days after more recordings. We hug goodbye and you get on the bus. I lie alone in the B&B the first morning. I make myself work and record my next phone interview with a scientist from Oxford 
who debunks the probability of recovering voices as Marconi imagined. Electronic voice phenomena are the products of hope and expectation. They are spiritualist sticky tape. They postpone reconciliation to beyond the grave. They can only result in the revival of grief, not scientific progress. He talks to me of sounds from space, sound and decay, sound in the body, sound in the mind, sound and communication, sound conspiracies, sound as a cure. We drift back into less scientific territory. What about the electrical conductivity of the human body acting as an antenna? Perhaps a filling in a tooth reacting with saliva could become a semiconductor, could detect a radio signal, trap broadcasts and messages. It's rare, but it's possible. I wonder what my sister would think of this. The body as a pathway for energy, electricity or sounds just passing through. There was an example last year of a ghost station playing wartime Edith Piaf broadcasts. Thoughts. My mother's bridge work never played Piaf songs or she may be alive today. My sister loves her music. I've read that in tests of those who hear imaginary voices, the same part of the brain lights up as when people actually hear real voices. Yes, it's true. But sometimes those voices aren't imaginary. It's just that not everyone can hear them. Even those produced long ago? Bouncing off the halo? Being recovered later through a worried mouth full of teeth gaping like piano keys? The scientist finishes our call with an anecdote about the end of Morse code for use in distress signals at sea in 1997 with the last tapped out message. Calling all. This is our last cry before our eternal silence. One nine zero three eight UVAPY. Silence. Silencio. Old signals fade and disperse. Beyond the reach of dials, static moments left. Headaches scowl and pinch, the crackle of blistered tablet packets. Through the nights I work and reach for the space between, hoping to recover enough to go home. Recover. Recovers. Do not expect to recover. Expect to recover. Impossible to recover. Is it possible to recover? Must recover. Possible to recover. They cannot recover. They hope to recover. Try to recover. Unless they recover. Unless, Unless we, we recover. recover. Unless, Unless you, you recover. recover. We cannot, we cannot recover. recover. We hope to, to recover. recover. Recoverable. Recovered. Everything recovered has not been recovered. Nothing recovered. Recovering. Steadily recovering. Recover. Recoveries. Good prospects of recovery. No prospects 
of recovery. Circled by the looping dawns, I sit here talking to tape. Now and again, small sounds fall to the floor and I let them drop, hoping to hide them for the present. The radio alarm starts to beep in dots and dashes and gives way to the voice of the morning news. You've been listening to Marconi and Me, written and narrated by Zoe Cummins. Marconi and Me was performed by Zoe Cummins and Jose Miguel Jimenez. Additional roles were voiced by Natalie Cazo, Michael Cummins, Leo Ostervegel, Oliver Hocaddle, Kirsten Aquaviva, Jesper Bergman and Dora Varga. Extra recordings were by Colette Kinsella. Sound design was by Brendan Rehel, Brendan Jenkinson and Damien Chanel. Sound supervision was by Damien Chanel. The producer for RTE was Kevin Brew. The producer for New Normal Culture was Zoe Cummins. To listen back to the programme, go to rte.ie forward slash drama on one. The series producer of Drama on One is Kevin Reynolds. Marconi and Me was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sound and Vision Fund with the television licence fee. rte.ie forward slash drama on one.